I would say this is sort of a, one of those great rite of passages where you should take a moment, sort of do a deep dive on your own personality, interview people who know you really well, and ask them how you reflect, and just be willing to accept um, critique from them on how you can be a better person. Caution. Listening to this podcast may motivate you to make positive changes in your life. Identify ways to accelerate your career trajectory and develop a path towards financial freedom. This is the Career Meets World podcast, and I'm your host, Edward Gorbis, and I've spent the last 10 years focused on helping thousands of people advance their career while in parallel teaching a secret recipe to reach financial independence. And I'm here to share the untold stories of successful people and teach thousands of listeners how to develop a growth mindset. Our minds are malleable, and everyone has the power to change their mindset through perseverance, dedication, and a passion for learning. So if you're ready to skyrocket your business and financial literacy, turn up the volume and let's dive right in. This is the Career Meets World podcast. Welcome back, podcast family. With us today, we have a very special guest Her name is Winnie Sun, and she is one of the most trusted and followed financial voices on social media today. Her trending business, Tweet Chat, averages over 150 million impressions per week on Twitter, and with more than 20 years of experience in the financial services industry, Winnie serves on the CNBC Financial Advisor Council and is a popular Forbes contributor in a regular Good Day Los Angeles, Fox News, and Digital Trends television contributor. She's frequently quoted in publications including the Wall Street Journal, CNBC, ABC, The New York Times, AOL Finance, and many others. Winnie also leads as the managing partner of Sun Group Wealth Partners and was previously the first vice president of wealth management and the lead financial advisor for the Sun Group at Morgan Stanley Smith Barney. Winnie serves as a host of Level Up with Winnie, which airs on NASDAQ, Amazon Fire TV, and Roku. And one of the most important things I want you to remember is that she also hosts a daily weekday live stream show on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. It is one of my favorite live streams every single day. So I highly recommend it. And let's bring on Winnie. What's up, Winnie? It is so nice to have you on the show today. How are you doing? Well, I'm here with you, so I'm pretty excited. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate that. It is always a pleasure chatting with you. You are crushing 2020, at least from an outsider's lens. Uh, I want to commend you on that and just really lean into the fact that despite everything going on right now, you're just putting in so much energy into your work. So literally the first thing I want to ask you today is, where do you get all this energy? (laughs) Well, you know, you're going to laugh when I tell you this, but um, it's the lack of caffeine. So I actually don't drink caffeine um, and I get plenty of sleep thanks to my kids. Um, And that's really it. I think the drive and love of what I do each day and just being grateful uh, that I have another day each day. I think that's what keeps me going. I love that. Uh, you're hyper-focused on what you're doing. 
I can't imagine a life without caffeine, but that's just me. I just love coffee. That being said, you mentioned you are focused on what you're doing. You love what you're doing. And I'd love to share that passion with my audience and really extrapolate all of the things that you've built up to this day and how you got here and really share that journey. So we're going to unpack a lot of that today. I really would love to understand kind of if you could break down all the things that you're working on today and how things have been shifted and as well as how you've adapted during 2020 throughout the pandemic. Well, 2020 hasn't been such an easy time, right? And I think many of us can agree that it's pretty overwhelming. You know, it's interesting because I had to recently uh, submit my background so that they're they're valuing me again for another award. And when I was writing everything that I was doing, I actually sat there and looked at it and I was like, oh my goodness, this is crazy. I'm tired just looking at this list. And sometimes I forget really how much that I'm doing. And, and I think that's a good thing. So I've been a longtime financial advisor now, 20 plus years. Um, I uh, do own um, Sun Group Wealth Partners and I'm on the CNBC Financial Advisor Council. I'm a longtime Forbes contributor. I am the executive producer and host of Level Up with Winnie Sun, which is on NASDAQ, Amazon Fire, and Roku, which you have been on the show as my guest, which is wonderful. I'm also the executive producer and host of Modern Mom Monday, which is another show. I do live streaming five days a week. I mean, the list goes on and on, but basically, I'm doing a lot right now, way more than I ever expected, and I'm juggling three kids that are distance learning. So it's a beautiful time. <laughs> Let's take a moment to just commend you for all that hard work. And as you mentioned, uh, you have done a tremendous amount this year. So I'm not surprised that you are up for another award. That being said, there is a lot to focus on, right? And how do you split your time amongst all the things that you're juggling? Because oftentimes, especially people who are listening might be thinking, look, I can barely juggle my one day job plus everything else at home, but you're finding this method of prioritization between your family as well as all of the responsibilities you have to your business and craft. So how do you do it? I think, you know, you start by saying no to a lot of things and then you figure out the things that in your life are absolutely things that you're excited and passionate about doing that will help you lead to adding to your bottom line because at the end of the day, as a financial advisor, I'm very much focused on things that will help benefit uh, my business because that helps my employees. It helps team members that I absolutely love working with. And it most importantly, it helps with our clients because the longevity of my career is critical to the success of my clients, right? Because I'm not there for them, then I have no value to them. So a lot of times I think, when we run businesses, we often think of what we really want to do. If only I could do this, then this would happen. But sometimes they say it's really important to focus on the, the end goal. And the end goal for me is to make a difference in as many people's lives as I can um, from a personal finance standpoint um, before I leave the world, right? Um, and, and, and along the way, I'm building a great life for my own family and it gives me purpose. And I think longevity and um, not burning out is always finding sort of your purpose in life and having everything sort of fall into place 
around that. So surround yourself with people like yourself, like yourself, that someone that makes me feel good, right? And I love talking to, this is my friend, this is my circle. Um, and, and working with, like, for example, CNBC, talk about the nicest people. I love CNBC. I love Good Day LA. So I work with Good Day LA. I work with people that bring me positivity and keep me going. And then everything else is just scheduled so that literally you just know where you need to be. You just know you need to be in front of somewhere at some point and someone will manage your calendar for you. And then you just be the best version and your happiest version each day. And I think you can make it work. That's so powerful. And something that even I myself am continuously implementing into my business is finding that hyper focus on the things that we bring to this world and the joy that we bring and our passion and understanding that that's where we can maximize our time and everything else can be supported by a team or other people in our lives. And the other important thing you hit on was cutting out the noise, right? There's so much of it right now in so many different areas. It's important to keep up to date with different topics, but that being said, we can only control what we can. So you have done that consistently throughout your career. And I'm sure it wasn't always easy, right? We're going to backtrack a little bit because you've built up a lot of different businesses, relationships, connections, and I know a lot of people are going to wonder, how do I do that myself? How do I start to build that pathway or figure out what my own personal GPS system is going to be? So let's rewind the clock a little bit and think back to when you actually started your career. What was the grand vision? What did you think you were going to do? And did you really think you would end up where you are today? Well, I think no, none of us really think we're going to end up. And I certainly think, um, I think a lot of you can relate to this. You know, um, how I ended up being where I am today was just really a series of accidental things. And just a lot of times where you decided to say, okay, why not? Why not try? So when I was growing up, I certainly thought, um, I would be either a school teacher or an artist um, or something like that. I never thought I would be a financial advisor. I had no idea what a financial advisor was. In fact, um, three months before I started college, my parents declared bankruptcy uh, because they were great savers, but they didn't know a lot about personal finance. And so once I started college, it wasn't even so much of paying for college. It was helping my parents keep the house because my dad had gone through something really hard, right? He lost money for the family. And so he really never came back from that. And so it, it meant just figuring out everything we needed to do. Like I went through college and I'm, I'm actually, uh, I, I'm really good at making friends for a really long time, keeping our fr my friends for a really long time. And yet through college, I actually don't have many friends during that time. And that's because I was literally going from job to job to job and then going to class and just barely scraping by graduating from college because the whole goal for me was just to, to get work. So once that happened, I ended up um, coincidentally working at a television show called Jones and Jury and eventually went to work on shows such as American's Funniest Home Videos and Wheel of Fortune and started um, at 20 some years old uh, a television audience production company. So I was moving thousands of people per week to various television shows. We ended up being the second largest in the United States. And I sold that business around 2324 um, to, to be recruited to work at Smith Barney. Um, again, very accidental, 
but it was because at the time, uh, my boyfriend, who's now my longtime husband, said, you know, maybe television isn't a great long-term journey for you because some days you go to work at 2 p.m. and you come home at 2 a.m. and maybe you don't want to do this every day in Hollywood, which is pretty sketchy. So, so that's really how it came to be. And then I started Smith Barney, caught on in my first suit, um, felt pretty like professional. <laughs> Parents were a little bit less worried, right? They didn't think working in television was such a great idea. And, and really that's, that's how it sort of started. I love that. And what's really important to understand is, so one of my favorite authors is Simon Sinek and he always talks about start with why and understanding what is the passion? Like what's the feel, what's the energy that keeps you going? And my suspicion is obviously that upbringing, your parents going through some of those challenges, going through bankruptcy, it cannot be an easy moment at that time, especially at that age. Mm-hmm. And I love the fact that you turn that into an opportunity. Right? You thought about how do I help my family? How do I make sure I potentially don't end up in this situation as well? And it's a really important lesson that I think every piece of chaos that happens in our life always is an opportunity to do more with it. And I like how you made some of those micro pivots really quickly. Obviously, selling a business at such a young age is really incredible to achieve. And that being said, so you moved into a little bit of wealth management at Smith and Barney. Uh, and then let's fast forward, right? We've kind of understood that beginning part of it. You've gone through wealth management. You were there for quite a bit of time from my understanding. And now you have this incredible career where you have multiple avenues that you go down every day in supporting people and helping people with wealth management you're hosting a show, Uh, you built up a reputation on CNBC, and so many people look to you for advice. What were some of those major inflection points that you can recall that really helped you get to that next level, right? You were at Smith & Barney, and then you jumped into this brand new career with multiple opportunities. What were some of those moments that stood out to you? Well, I, I love what you said about like embracing the chaos because I think that that can't be discounted. That's just such an important point. I think we all have to embrace that chaos and every one of us has that. And if you look back at the, the moments in your life where things really stick to you, it's not when things were going well, but when things weren't going well. And I remember when I first started working at Smith Barney, really the, and it continues to be that. I mean, it's not a very, it's not a very, you know, equal opportunity, if you will. It's very much male dominated. It continues to be this day. And it was very challenging for a long time. And I was at Smith Barney for over a decade. Morgan Stanley bought them out. I started my own firm. And, um, and then I really wanted to have, well, I actually, I really wanted to have a big uh, job and, and be somewhere I could support my family and, and have financial uh, security and they'll help my parents out. But I didn't think that I wanted to start a family. And eventually uh, my husband and I talked about it and we decided to have children. And I remember going through that pressure in a financial firm, a female advisor having a child is really not a, a like celebration like you would normally see. Like most people say, oh my goodness, you have a kid, you're going to have a baby. That's so exciting. Financial firms, you don't get that. You know, it's just like, wow, okay interesting. And then I remember calling um, the HR 
uh, department at my firm and say, you know, I just want to know what the steps are going to be. You know, I'm going to go to on maternity leave. And they say, oh, yeah, no problem. This is what happened. You'll go on maternity and this and this. And, and I said, but wait a minute. I, I'm not an assistant. They're like, okay, what are you? I said, I'm a, I'm a financial advisor. And they said, like, oh, okay. And it was like literally silence. And then they said, you're going to have to ask your manager. So there was like, there even to this day in 2020, there is no real maternity leave for female financial advisors and, and a paternity leave as well. So I think, you know, when we take a look at the things that happen in our lives, the, the thing that kept me going was number one, when I first got hired, I remember the, uh, being hired and giving opportunities. They would give you an offer and the advisor uh, who was a manager at the time that gave me an offer, she gave me a really low offer. She actually said, I didn't see, I don't see what people are, are thinking when they're looking at you. I'm not sure that you'll be successful in this business. And then I remember working at Smith Barney and male advisor says, well, the manager got a great deal hiring you because you're a double minority. That stuck with me too. And then, and what really stuck with me was, well, if they think this, let me prove them wrong because I know that you might be smarter than me. You might be better connected than I am and all these other things, but you absolutely will not overwork me because nobody can overwork me. And I knew that, and that was sort of a driving force. And also because I was so shy and such an introvert that there were certain things that I knew deep down inside, I just needed to share and I needed, and I knew I could do that at some point. So with my business, you know, going into the financial planning, financial services, at some point, I actually got kind of bored with what I was doing. I was very good at it. Clients love me. I love my clients, but I felt like, there was more to what I could do. And that's really when sort of I started embracing social media. It was also when I was expecting my first child. And, and how could I continue to market and build on my business if I wanted to be a true mom? I didn't want to be, you know, a daycare mom. I wanted to be an active participant in this process. So had a baby, did that, and then decided that I was going to change the way um, I did business in a way that, that was meaningful to me. Cause I felt like, you know, I, I recently had one of my uh, best friends um, come out to me and it was truly an honor that he shared this experience with me. And I said, I, I think, I don't understand exactly how you feel. I'm, I'm so grateful that you shared this with me, but I almost in some ways felt that when I was going through that transition in my own career, I was just feeling like, okay, I'm already really good at this, but I felt like, I felt like I wasn't in my own skin and I needed to transform uh, in the industry and still bring in income, but do something that was felt like more like me. And I share that with you because I think you might be able to relate to this. I think many of us feel like we have this job, we get paid for this, but it doesn't, I don't feel like myself. And the good news is you can pivot to create something that feels like you while still getting the income that you need and the benefits that you have at work, you just have to take that risk of deciding that happiness matters because once you do that, that is what I consider the X factor in work. That's when things get really exciting and that's when you actually make a name and a brand for yourself. You're no longer such and such employee of such and such company. You become a person, a whole person, and you're someone that becomes inspirational and a role model. And I, I think more people need to think that way.
So powerful. And thank you for sharing that. I know that it will resonate with a lot of people, including myself, right? We all face different hardships and how we rebound is so important to the rest of our lives. And it didn't matter to you how many times people might have uh, metaphorically punched you and you you got back up and you used that as fuel to continue. And clearly it just never hindered your progress. We all go through difficult things. People have gone through layoffs this year. People have gone through financial challenges, through health challenges. And again, we build communities around us that support us to really overcome these struggles. And I think it's great that you're there for your friend right now as they were coming out. It's obviously not an easy thing to do either. Even in 2020, as you mentioned, there's still so much progress for us to make to achieve some semblance of equality. So I commend you for that. And with that being said, I value community a ton and I know you do as well. And that's how you're able to sustain this type of lifestyle with both your family, as well as all the clients that you work with. Who are a few of the people that really are there to support you continuously, that inspire you, that really fuel every day for winning? Well, I have to say, I have an amazing husband. So this is first and foremost. I have, you know, I think for us to, to push this hard, there's always got to be a support. I have an amazing husband, incredible kids. I've got three kids. I've got, you know, my business partner and I have been business partners for over 20 years. And so he's like my brother. And I have an incredible team. So I'm really grateful and, and really proud of the fact that actually there is no, there are no negatomes in my little universe. Everybody that I'm surrounded with is a great person, like a great human being. I take work away from everything else, and I'm surrounded by great core people who have just, you know, the, the people that you would want at your home, people that would come to the hospital to see you if you got sick, those types of people. Mentors from before, my, like my longtime CPA, my old branch manager at Smith Barney, and people like you, like that I, I get to meet along the way now that. I mean, I feel like when I, I shared this with you, when we met just recently, I said, you know, I know I feel like we're going to be friends forever because it just feels that way, you know? So I do think that's probably the secret to everything um, is that I have been very blessed to have a great community surrounding me because like, I'm actually a very much of an introvert. And just like everybody else, you know, we have the area, we're sensitive people, we have a lot of insecurities, and we had to work through those uh, moments. But you can't do that without a community, people that you can go to that literally you can pick up the phone. Oh, and my, my amazing publicist and business manager, you know, people I can literally just stop, pick up the phone and just say, I just want to talk to you. And they'll just like, let's talk. And you work through those things. But I, I think that everyone that you would think is super successful has that commonality. They have a team that is priceless. I love that. And you've listed off so many people, including your family and a lot of your business partners as well. If we look at the fact that hopefully we're reaching an audience on both ends that doesn't necessarily always have that community or that stability of the team around them, what would be your recommendation to them? Somebody who might be at their lowest of points in 2020 to really think through, how do I build a network around me that is there for me when I might not have it, right? Because as you mentioned, you've had difficult times throughout your career and your life, and we don't always have that support system. So what would be your recommendation for somebody today looking for an outlet for support? 
Well, my recommendation is that you don't have to build it. You can actually join it. Um, there's so many incredible groups. I know, like, for example, um, it would be a great person to start with. I would go and seek out people. And they're available on social media. There's always, like, LinkedIn has great groups. Like, I actually run the largest business tweet chat. I always say, like, literally the nicest people on social media are part of my tweet chat. And, you know, you just have to step in and, and make a decision to consistently to show up um, and, and start with one person. I don't think you need, I'm a really big believer, yet you don't need a village of friends. If you can name off one or two or three people that literally you could call anytime, uh, that's all you really need. And then from there, um, it will grow. But I would say if you're looking to build a community, you need to be the community, meaning that. It can't be a one-way street. You need to, when you talk to somebody, you need to figure out the value you can offer to this person. Once you give in that giving mindset, you will have no shortage of friends. People who don't have a community or, or a lot of friends, it's mainly because they are not the most generous of people. They don't show up when people you know, are in need. So I would say this is sort of a, one of those great rite of passages where you should take a moment, sort of do a deep dive on your own personality, interview people who know you really well and ask them how you reflect and just be willing to accept um, critique from them on how you can be a better person, you know? But a lot of the most successful people tend to be actually the nicest and the kindest and more, most thoughtful of people. But when you can look at things from all senses, you might be too busy to stop, drop, and do something for someone. You know in your heart, and your mind, oh, if I only had time, I could do this and this for them. Then you're getting somewhere. Um, and people who love you will wait for you. That's what I will say. And people who um, know you and care about you and understand your reputation will pick up your call, even though you haven't called them in 10 years, because they know where you stand uh, because of that. So I would say start with yourself. And then once you know yourself really well, then you can start to build your community. Hey there, listeners. I just wanted to pop in and let you know that as a part of Career Meets World, I am now taking on exclusive one-on-one -on -one clients who are hungry leaders or entrepreneurs and want to learn how to succeed under immense pressure. I believe that being an effective business leader is equal parts understanding your subconscious and developing and executing a personalized growth plan. These two aspects continually build upon each other, and my coaching practice is designed to amplify your confidence levels and provide you a toolkit to thrive in any situation. Career Meets World is the ultimate achievement partner, and we support our clients with an always-on approach. So if you're ready to unleash your wildest leadership potential and take control of your success, Find Career Meets World or me personally, Edward Gorbis, on LinkedIn and shoot me a short message about your goals with the title, Let's Start. And now it's time to get back to today's episode. You're so right in the fact that once we go through that self-reflection process and understand what our personal gift is, and I can assure anyone listening that everyone has a gift. It's just tapping into it and understanding what it is and focusing on that rather than trying to be somebody you're not. Once we're able to go through that process, that self-inquiry, we become a lot happier and we start to attract the right people as well. 
So I actually love your tweet chats and that's a really good place for anyone to start, especially if you're thinking about looking at career advice, perspective, financial advice, uh, you bring on a lot of great guests. So remind me, those are on Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, is that right? They are, Wednesday is 11 a.m. Pacific. We do three per month. And um, right, and so we, we have people join us from all over the globe. And it's a really happy, supportive uh, group, but also really high level professionals. So it's really fun. Yeah, so definitely check that out if you're in search of community right now. And Winnie, I was intending to ask you a couple of these questions given that you are a financial advisor and at a very high level, let's say 30,000 foot view, I wanna make sure that we can disseminate some knowledge and some perspective on just the fundamentals, the rudimentary parts about personal finance, especially in 2020, it's incredibly valuable to unpack how to look at our personal finances. There's people coming out of college who might not know what to do or understand what's happening with this volatile market economy infused with politics. So if you're 22 again, right? How do you think about finances, right? You may be getting a paycheck from a job. Maybe you're making some side money through a side hustle. What's a good way, at least from a bare bones perspective to look at it? So I love that. I started investing when I was 19 years old and um, purely by accident. My, I made money um, in my television company and the CPA said, go, go get your booty over to the bank and open up an IRA. And I would say if you're 22 years old and you're just starting off, I would take a deep dive on where you stand financially. So usually the rule of thumb is you want to make sure that you clear any debt right? If you have credit card debt, why not get that paid off first? If you have student loan debt, you want to evaluate, you know, what your interest rate looks like and see if you can start to chip away at that. And then the third thing would be to start sort of an emergency fund. And I always say like, uh, if you're in your twenties, you should definitely do a deep dive and look at a Roth IRA because it is absolutely one of my most favorite accounts. And um, I actually have written about this and Forbes and also talked about it with CNBC about how I think for most young people, you can use this as both both an emergency fund as well as a retirement savings um, because there's a lot of flexibility with it. So take some time to do a deep dive and look at that. And I think if you start investing, that is absolutely your best way to learn. More than likely, your first investing experience may not be like blockbuster and that's okay, but you just want to start. And it's people say like, should I just start with a paper portfolio, you know, like a, like a fake portfolio with fake money. And I said, I actually don't agree with that. I think if you're going to do it, you do it with real money. You just start with a smaller amount. Yeah, absolutely. Ease into it. Uh, do research, do homework and make sure that you bring yourself up to speed. Are there any books that you'd recommend or maybe books, blogs, podcasts that are hyper-focused on personal finance? Oh, absolutely. So I will say like when I got started in financial planning, the things that got me excited was I used to read Yahoo Finance like all the time, like their personal finance section and read about the stocks and different And that got me excited about learning more. And I would say when it comes to learning about personal finance, I would start at that. I would, instead of getting a traditional book, I would read news, right? And read articles. So Forbes has great articles. Um, I also contribute to CNBC, which I love. I read CNBC probably six times a day. The Wall Street Journal is good. Figure out which um, 
writers and reporters resonate with you, um, but, but do it in a way that it makes sense for you. I'm a big believer that you should read news that you can use. If you can't use it, don't read it because it's probably, unless it's fun, you know, entertainment is always fun. Um, but that being said, um, I would suggest certainly CNBC, they have a personal finance section I love. CBS Market Watch is really great. Yahoo Finance, which I contribute to is great. Um, and if you wanna just learn something really quick and easy from the comfort of every day, I actually do a live streaming show every day at 1.30 that gives you just quick couple nuggets of what's happening. You can go in and out and be done with it. Love it. Uh, definitely a lot of wisdom to share there and we'll make sure to share those out in the show notes. With that being said, Winnie, I wanna make sure that with many of our guests, we get to put them through a hot seat and challenge <laughs> them through some fun questions. Uh, so I wanna make sure that you're ready. And Let's do it. Let's do this. So, Winnie, these are tailored just for you. You oh, yeah. and are growing. You will continue to grow until the last day, very far from now. And I want to make sure that you get to think about if you had an opportunity to do a TED Talk, what would be the theme of it? Reaching your full potential and what that looks like. That's what I would talk about. Ooh, can't wait for that one. Love it. Uh, Look, there is a ton going on this year and you are, again, focused on so many different things right now. What is the one thing you look forward to every single day that gives you the opportunity to relax? To relax? Yes. Oh, every day I look forward to getting up and seeing my kids. And um, I see them multiple times a day now because they're distance learning, but literally, I will sometimes sit there and watch them in their class. And I just, I just like fall in love over and over again. I, I tell my husband, it's like looking at little cupcakes. They're just so cute. Um, and I literally could just sit there and watch them. Awesome. And I'm curious, last question for you uh, while we're still on the hot seat is really, what's the book that you've actually read the most amount of times? Okay, so I, I am guilty that I tend, I read a, a ton every day, but they just don't tend to be books. However, I do love this book. And I think you've seen this book, The Trillion Dollar Coach. And if I were to have to read things more than once or twice, this would probably be it because I do, I love getting a learning coaching from people who know different things, different um, industries, experts in different space, I love to learn from them so that it, I, can, I can get inspired and, and really maybe you know, save some time in making some mistakes. Love that. Such a good book, Trillion Dollar Coach. Um, I, I think I read it a few years ago, but might need to skim back through it. So <laughs> Winnie, I appreciate you sharing so much about your journey, your passion, how you got there, some of the trials and tribulations that you went through. And I'm sure that our audience will definitely want to stay connected with you. So what's the best way to connect? Well, thank you. I'd love to connect with you. And then if you're watching and you want to just reach out and chat, you know, feel free. I'm actually, I handle all my own social. So the easiest way to do it actually is to go on Twitter where I'm most active and that's at Winnie Sun, or you can follow me on LinkedIn uh, or any, actually any of the platforms. I'd be happy uh, to talk to you. And in fact, we're, we're doing so many talks right now because of the pandemic. So if you or your organization uh, needs a little bit of extra help and maybe a talk 
on how they can get through this time, just reach out to my team. I'm doing a whole bunch of volunteer speaking right now to so many companies and ERGs. So I'd be happy to help. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing that. And Definitely take Winnie up on the offer. Connect with her. You will not regret it. She's a wealth of knowledge and positivity. Winnie, it's always a pleasure chatting with you. Thank you so much for joining the show today. Thank you so much for being my friend. I appreciate you. Of course. And as we always say at Career Meets World, go unleash your wildest potential. Thank you so much. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the Career Meets World podcast. I would love to get to meet you. There are a couple of ways we can connect. You know I love my LinkedIn. Simply search for Career Meets World or Edward Gorbis and feel free to connect. Second is via Instagram at Career Meets World. And third is through our website. I have a special spot for you full of fun, free resources. All you have to do is go to careermeetsworld.com, subscribe to our newsletter, and we'll provide you the free resources to help you boost your career and reach financial freedom. And if this podcast was helpful to you in any way, please consider rating and reviewing this podcast on Apple Podcasts. This helps us help more people. Simply tap the rate with five stars and leave a sentence with what you liked about the podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. Remember, strengthening your growth mindset is your ticket to success. I'm Edward Gorbis, and we'll catch you on next week's episode.